the comic book pit. Okay. eventually gosh no that's not it it's not you um i don't want to say names yet because this is still I'm, I'm waiting for a response to my email to the guy being like hey this happened um can we do something about this so i ordered a page off a cartoonist website and one i had an eye on for a while i was like oh, i always like that page but it was kind of a little more than i wanted to spend so there was a sale going on like half off i'm like ooh, doggies i can, I can that's now in my budget. So, and I talked to Susan. I was like, hey, if I buy this, like, can I hang this up, like, in the apartment? Like, not in my little office, but, like, in the apartment because it would look cool. She's like, yeah, that's fine. Go for it. So I buy it. It came yesterday, and it was the wrong page. Uh, did, you have the, did you return it? I emailed... Uh, it's I'll just bleep it out. Oh, yeah. I emailed him. I'm like, hey, uh, got it in the mail today. I think there may be a little mix up because I got the wrong page. Like, in this email, you can see the one I ordered, and like, here's a picture of the one that came. Like, let me know what we can do to get this correct. I have not heard back yet. Meanwhile, I see him all over like Tumblr, Twitter. I'm like, enter your fucking emails. Um, That's the problem I hate about social media now, because it's like when you do stuff like that, and I'm I'm just as bad. Like I, I've had people email me, and I'm like, oh, I'll answer it when I get to it, or like I'll do it the other way around, and I'll just see them like all over Facebook, like, hey, check what I'm doing. I'm like, oh, yeah. So I mean, I understood like last night. I wouldn't get a message. I'm like, all right, it's probably treating like a business, you know, not answering emails at night. Fine. I kind of hope today I would get one and not see, uh, excuse me a second. I have to blow my nose again. Instead, I just see like tweets and tumbles about odds and ends and other whatnot. I'm like, come on. Like, it's not a horrible page. It's just not the one I wanted. Like the one I paid money for was the one that I wanted. You know, like, I really wanted that. I was going to post it out in the, you know, the the apartment proper. It'd be like a little conversation piece. I really liked it. This one, I'm like, oh, just, I guess I'll frame it and stick it up, but I'll just go in the office here because it's like whatever. I mean, it's it's not ugly or anything. It's just whatever. So Yeah, it's just not the one that you chose. Exactly. And I really, really liked the one that I chose, obviously. I mean, it wasn't like, ah, oh, just take whatevs. I was like, ooh, I've, I've, I've had my eye on this one for a while. And uh, it was, 
need to finally. And I, I was, in fact, surprised it was still available. But and then when I go to the website, man, I hope I didn't read it wrong. It's this like random page from this book. Like, no, I read it, and not only did I see it, the one I bought with like the sold out banner now laid across it. I saw the one that I got sent to me, and it's like still available for sale. So I'm, uh-huh. I, I'm pretty positive someone made a mistake. You know, it was an error. But I'm just saying. Well, hopefully he gets back to you, and, or and hopefully they get back to you, and we can use pronouns. Like I said, I don't want I don't want to be bad mouth, and so I will not mention the name just yet. That's why I said they. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's a he. Who cares? I I don't think saying it's a he is going to all of a sudden narrow it down. Hmm, a guy that draws comics. I think I know who it is. Stan Lee? Yes. Yes. Oh. It's a Stan Lee original page from when uh, from when he created Superman. Nice. Yes, it's from when he created Su- Superman. Yeah. Superman. It. It, it's a page of original artwork from Superman Deadpool number one as created by Stan Lee. Is he created both those it. characters? And he wrote and drew it, and it was amazing. Oh, you should check out. Um, talking about Stanley, he was or not he, but Epic Rap Battle did uh, Stanley versus uh, Jim Henson. I saw that, and I'm going to be honest, Sean Atkins. I don't really care for the Epic Rap Battles. You don't? No, I think they're kind of dumb. Not even the. Not even like any of them. Any of them? Nah, it's kind of just like, eh. Is it just because you don't like rap? No, it's just because it seems, I don't know, dopey. And not in the dopey that I like. It's turdy. There, that's what it is. It's turdy. <sighs> if you like it, whatever. I, I mean, I don't mean to say, like, you're a turd because you yeah. like that stuff, but I look at it and like, eh, it's a turd. I thought I knew you. You do know me. No. Hey, whatever. Different strokes, different folks. It happens. Did you at least check out the Batman versus Sherlock Holmes? Was it an epic rap battle? Yes. No. Or Doctor Who versus Doc Brown? I saw that one. And that's where I'm like, what am I watching? Oh. I like that one. (laughs) That's fine. I like That's how fine. Back like what you like. Yeah. Like what you like, don't what you don't. That's our uh, model here on the comic book pit. I'm just saying. I thought I knew you. Apparently, I did not. Well, that's what this is. Uh, the comic book pit is a program all about reveals. And this week on the comic book pit, we're revealing that I don't care for uh, the epic rap battles. And Sean Atkins does. And that's fine. Nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying, too. It's all good. I thought you'd learn some history, too. I don't need that to teach me history. I'm okay with that. Oh, guess where I was last weekend, Sean Atkins? Oh, Jared, Catherine. I was in... uh, I thought of you because I was in Williamsport. And I took a photo... Uh, almost from that same vantage point, that commercial you love so much. And I thought of you, and I was like, well, if a town like Williamsport's doing it, 
then Sean Atkins is going to be doing all right too. But I'll be honest. Uh, <laughs> I think I saw that picture on Facebook and I was like, that looks familiar. Yeah. I mean, I, I knew you posted saying like familiar sport, but I just was like. Oh, you couldn't place why that was a light bulb was going off when you saw it? I was like, huh. That's for a commercial? And so the people at home are like, oh my god, they're not even five minutes in, they're already having an inside conversation. Um, my hometown of Williamsport, uh, is known as a, uh, um, fracking capital of the Northeast. Uh, and there's a commercial that airs around here in the Pittsburgh area that kind of touts it. And, and it always has tickled Sean Atkins' fancy. Because there's a line that's like, when a town like Williamsport can prosper, and the rest of us will be A-OK. And here, here's the yeah. catch. The town like Williamsport has a huge smack problem. So I don't know what that says for the rest of us. It's we a matter of time. have a huge smack problem. Yeah. And they had time a, to get off the dope. Yeah. No more chasing <laughs> dragons. <laughs> I think that's just the small town thing, because I remember back in my hometown... Uh, when we, when I graduated and was leaving for Pittsburgh, I think I either, I heard a rumor or something along the lines where they said my hometown was the crack capital of Ohio. Like everything crack related went through there. <laughs> and I was like, really? Oh, I'm so glad I'm leaving. So if a crack capital can, th- uh, thrive then the rest of us are okay yeah well i found the commercial so i'll send a link to dan and ask him to put it in the show notes <laughs> do, do i go as far what yeah oh my god that picture is not too far off from the one i took huh. and success in a town like Williamsport means like success for the rest of us or some shit all right now where's my picture at man they are not too far off i i mean i told you i, I recognized where that was at it's right in front of the building where my brother works. Because so I was up and I did uh, the radio show last week. I saw that too. How did that go? It was fun. It was like actually, um, you know, it reminded me of this program because there was four of us on uh, in the studio that day. Mm-hmm. You know, and we do this show and sometimes we've had four of us on this show. And we're over Skype so we can't see each other and read verbal cues. And I always thought that was why we would end up like talking over each other. Mm-hmm. Don't make a difference. There was four of us in the room, and routinely we ended up, we just start talking all over each other at once. So, uh, I thought that it made me think of this, and then I was like, oh, it doesn't seem to matter if we can look at each other or not. Once we all start yapping, we all start yapping over one another. Um, you know who does that, um, as well? Not ESPN, uh, like your brother, but, uh, a friend of ours, Seth Franzoli, on his podcast, him and uh, Justin, on, um, I totally know this because I did their band. Thank you. (laughs) Random Distribution 1. And uh, they they record together. And they were telling me about that on Saturday. Yeah, I kind of... I have to admit, like, I don't mind doing this stuff via Skype. Uh, 
I always feel like it's a necessity because obviously me driving to Greensburg is a bit much and you driving to Jerboseburg is a bit much. Yeah. I mean, that, it, and all you know, years. to hang out, yeah, sure, but like right. on a weekly basis to record like an hour or two is a bit ludicrous. But, you know, Seth and Justin, they live like a couple blocks from each other. They're good. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, but I do kind of. Like yeah. Like, but it would, it would be kind of interesting because, uh, since we always have like a very natural conversation, even when we have something planned, we still have a natural conversation and to wit. And so, uh, you know, you pick up certain body language or yes, something of that sort. Yeah. I mean, we've, uh, myself, uh, Dang and the Duke have done live shows, live as in we've been together and recorded, not live as in in front of an audience yet, at least maybe. Um, and those are always fun. And like, we don't have, you know, that problem. But yeah, it is, it, it made me laugh. Cause I'm like, oh, I felt bad for the people that were like listening in their cars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cause they're just like, ah! Like, it's all a bunch of <laughs> jagoffs just yapping at once. No, it was fun though. It went well. Cause I used to see my brother. Pretty much that's how I see my brother. Cause he follows that, he's the announcer for that baseball team. So, uh, He's rarely home. So if I want to see him, I usually have to like go to the studio and be on his show or go to the game and say hello to him like in between his broadcasting. But, um. Oh, wow. So what happens when there's no media to talk about? We just talk about personal shit. But I know Windsor was fun. I see the family again. It was a great weekend for it. Great weekend to be outside and about and not, uh, Cooped up. Cooped up in the apartment. Exactly. Reading comics. So that's what we're talking about this week. But we didn't know. Um, we do have comics to talk about this week. There's no media to talk about this week. Normally we kick off the show. Actually, oh, there is. There kinda is. I, unfortunately, I just watched the, it's the Deadpool trailer I'm trying to get to. Is it, is uh, the, the actual trailer? I knew there was that. Um, is the there actual was a tra- teaser trailer, but when I watched this, like, tune in tomorrow to watch the actual trailer of the trailer. And yeah. I haven't had it to be on YouTube yet, so I assume it's up or probably not, cause I would probably see it on my Facebook feed. That's what I was so. thinking too. Um, I, I thought it was supposed to come out today though. Wasn't that the whole point of that mm-hmm. teaser teaser yesterday? I mean, it looks good. Yeah. It looks funny. I, I mean, I never had any doubts about it, but I, I kind of am glad that they addressed the fact that uh, <laughs> the same studio that decided to sew his mouth shut, yeah, that yeah. studio is giving him his own. And yeah. like, yes, thank you. That's that's funny. That looks good. So, oh yeah, I, uh, it should be a lot of fun. Did you see the bootleg, the bootleg of the trailer that was released at Comic Con last month? I, I'm not sure. I want to say I did. It looks cool. It looks like it would be a lot of fun. And, uh. Um, yeah. I definitely, I definitely want to check it. February. Hmm? So it comes out in February. Awesome. Like, I definitely want to check it out. Deadpool. Uh, when I was in my 
younger years. Like I talk like I'm an old man. Yeah. Uh, about a 20 like year back, character. Like college and leaving high school, Deadpool's like one of my favorites. And I, I was in on, I didn't really get into the circle chase or, um, Mm-hmm. I forget what the other one was, the one that Ian Churchill did. I did get oh, that. That's a, I don't know that. I don't have, yeah, I don't know that one. I do, um, my, uh, the guy that runs a comic shop back home, long story short, was at Pittsburgh Comic Con a couple years ago. Had yeah. a box full of like old Daredevil, Circle Chase, like the first, that original series from, uh, was it Joe Casey and Ed McGinnis? That's who I'm about to talk to because yeah. I, I jumped in on that. It was um, Joe Kelly and Ed McGinnis. Joe Kelly, and that's it. I loved that series so much. It was like I laughed a lot like throughout the whole thing, like when they parodied Forrest Gump and had Deadpool go back in the past and pretend he's Spider or uh, Peter Parker. He didn't even know who Spider-Man was or that's, so I don't know if I have fun. that one or not. I may have grabbed that. Any, I, I got him for a song. Like this was a couple years ago, and like, if, it wasn't because I had been a, a somewhat loyal customer, and like, I'm like, hey, he's like, what, what do you do for these? And I threw out one number, and he's like, man, and he's like, how about this? And so like, I got him for a song. I was like, dude, I'm not gonna sell them. I'm just gonna read them. And um, it's been years since I looked at them. So they're back in a box in the in the other room. I have to look them up and see exactly which ones I have. But yeah, I, mean, I used that... to. I used to get it like every month. I I'd go to my local comic shop, and that was on my pull list. And I would, and I think that was like the very first thing I'd read. And I I loved Deadpool. That was funny stuff. Like when they did Deadpool Month, and they had like all this other stuff. I was like in. Like Christmas, I was like, yeah, you know, <laughs> like what was uh, the one book? I think it was like called Little Deadpool. It was like this little mini Deadpool uh, clone. And uh, what was the other one? There was like an activity book almost with Deadpool. Oh, I think I remember that. Yeah, that was great. Like. Just the crazy rhymes and uh, all these parodies, and it was just so funny. Like I was laughing, like my butt off. I like most of comics populace. Bought a bunch of Deadpool books like five, six, seven years ago when there was that Deadpool boom when he was like in every book. Um, so mm-hmm. like the most like Deadpool reading I did was like the series written by Daniel Way. Like he wrote Deadpool, it was like in that it was like a Wolverine, was it called Wolverine Origins or something like that? It was a Wolverine like solo book, and uh, Daniel Way was writing that, and then he introduced, we brought Deadpool in for a storyline, and that sort of like we introduced the era of Deadpool. It was like the two different styled caption boxes represented like two sides of his personality and his interior monologue. Mm-hmm. And um, and then he ended up writing a Deadpool solo series that spun out of um, Secret Invasion, and I read that for a while too. Um, and then there was like I remember there was like uh, Jason Pearson drew a mini series, which I think was like out of continuity. That was a crazy book. There's and then like then I you know I, I got my hands on them older ones as well. 
Um, I saw the issue of New Mutants that he first appeared in. Uh, the Phantom in Monroeville had it. Two and a quarter. Wow. Two and a quarter. Now? Yeah, I don't mean two dollars twenty-five cents. Yeah, I, that's what I kind of figured. Yeah, that was, was like, like a low end. I think. I think yeah, two twenty-five. I think Dan Shop had it for like three. And uh, yeah, can you imagine? No, I really couldn't. <laughs> I can't imagine spending that much money on a comic book. I can't imagine I think... buying it for a dollar and having kept it too. It's just wackiness. It, it does chat me. I once saw uh, the first issue with Cable. I mean, it was in one of them like three or four dollar packs at Walmart, and uh, I couldn't convince my mom to buy it for me. Uh, you could have been paying off your college tuition. Yeah, yeah, I'd <laughs> probably have, not because I don't think I'd have Cable mansion. I don't know because I. Isn't it kind of like one of those things where it's like not so much age, but as well as the popularity of the character? Well, if Deadpool books going for three hundred bucks, now granted the Deadpool is not the Cable. He is a very popular character right yeah, now, but I'm not sure it's as popular. Where Cable was popular, and then 2002 hit, and then I never heard of Cable again. He's still around. <laughs> He's not Deadpool. He's not Deadpool famous. Nice. That's a nice phrase, too. He's not Deadpool, Deadpool famous. famous. Yeah. That's true. It's like, oh, well, he's he, not rich, but he's stupid rich. So, like, as is, I'm seeing it for, like, 80 bucks. Like, that's a high. 45. There's an 80. And, but if you grade it, you do the CGC and slab it, then like add a hundred bucks. There's like one eighty. If you slab it. Wow. And then here's a. That's interesting. It's a New Mutants number eighty-six. Well, this is issue eighty-six, and it's a uh, Liefeld drawing the Vulture on the cover of New Mutants. I don't think we've ever seen a Liefeld vulture before. Liefeld inked by McFarlane. What a dynamic duo that was. It was probably all extreme. It's an acts of vengeance. It's kind of a riff off a a Ditko cover. It's during the acts of vengeance. It's the New Mutants acts of vengeance crossover. This month, the New Mutants fight the vulture. Hmm. Was that the storyline I heard where, like, all the villains were like, hey, you know what? Let's swap enemies and see what happens. Yep, pretty much. Okay. I should probably pick that up. That actually sounds interesting to me. That was like cosmic uh, powered Spider-Man fought Magneto. The Punisher fought Doctor Doom. That would be awesome. I had those issues. That was during my uh, subscription to the Punisher. Just to, just to see what that would actually work. The cover was like the Punisher, like in a room full of Doombot. Like the Punisher went to Latvia or Latvia, whatever the fuck. Latvia. Latvia. Punisher, Doctor Doom. Let's see if Google can find that. Yeah, here it is. Yeah. Yeah, it was a. Uh, 
Good time. Like late eighties or I think this is like late eighties, I think these comics occurred. I don't think it was early nineties. Mm. It's definitely it was before my time. Or at least my No, time. you were alive. Like yeah. <laughs> you were definitely alive. Well, I I say that like uh like I really didn't co- I collected comics late, like everyone I knew well, everyone I know now all started like when they're like eight to ten or even twelve. I started when I was like fifteen or sixteen. Mm. Before then, I was collecting uh, Disney Adventures. <laughs> I remember the little Digest books. Yeah, man, yeah. and I'd I'd get them, and they had like all sorts of comics in the in the book as well. Yeah. And it See, was I... like it was. I I think that's where I found out about what animators do. And that, like, put me on my path to animation. I was just like, oh, I so want to do that. That seems so fun. And, you know, I'd read, like, you know, Gargoyle comics and mm-hmm. DuckTale comics. And yep. I think there was actually a Bone chapter in there, or, like, the first few pages of Bone in there. That does too. sound familiar. Yeah, I had those, too. I read, I read whatever types of comics I get my hands on back then. Um, I, was, I gave... Um, I was home and I just, my parents still get the Sunday paper, so I read the, uh, the Sunday funny section. Now this was like pre-internet. This is before there was a stimulation everywhere you look. So you sort oh, of yeah. soak everything in that you get your hands on. You but know, like I, in the late 80s, the mid to late 80s, early 90s, where, you know, you go to your grandparents' house and they have like the Sunday funnies for you. Yeah, my mm-hmm. parents, my grandparents used to do that. Yep. It was fun. I'd always read Garfield. Garfield was like my favorite, and then oh yeah, I had a bunch of Garfield books too. Um, I read all of them. Like Dick Tracy was interesting. Like they've, I can see they're doing some modern spins, like on the the Dick Tracy Rogues Gallery, because uh, Mumbles was in this past Sunday strip, and he's kind of got like you can tell he's Wait. got like a modern sheen to him. Wait, you're telling me Dick Tracy is still around? Dick Tracy's still a thing. What? Yep. Still a thing. Dick Tracy. Really? Still fighting crime. Huh. I never knew. It's funny because the, uh, the, the, the wristway, the, the wristwatch, two-way radio, wrist, whatever it is, communicator, has now become like a thing. Now it's like an iWatch. I don't know if that's Yeah, I know. I, I don't know how I feel about that. I, I actually, my, I think my sister has that. And I had to ask her, I was like, but don't you feel like it's a little too late? Because to me, I felt like... Dick Tracy did it 70 years ago. Like, you well, no, it? not so much that. Like, oh, you know, I was all about that. Like, not so much Dick Tracy. I didn't really was into Dick Tracy, but, like, Johnny Quest had it. Uh Who else had it? Inspector Gadget. Like, yeah. at least uh, Penny did. Well, you know where it came from. It came from Dick Tracy. Yeah. But and I like was Dick saying, Tracy, huh? I don't care for oh, the, uh, epic rap battles. It wasn't so much. It wasn't so much. I didn't care for him. It was. I guess I didn't get exposed too much to him, besides the movie, and he wasn't in my Sunday papers, or at least what I remember of the Sunday papers growing up. So he wasn't in my newspapers. Mm. So you know, here comes the movie uh, with Warren Beatty. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, Dick Tracy. Okay. I don't know what that's about, and I, I don't think I still saw that movie. I think I, I saw it years and years later. I don't think I, it holds. I'd, I'd, I'd be curious to see it. I'm not sure how well it holds up. I'd like to see it again. It's. I think it's like very faithful to the 
Is it in blue? I, think I, believe. I, don't, I mean, maybe. Uh, yes and no. It did have a cool um, comic book tie-in drawn by Kyle Baker. That's right. That was pretty yeah. rad. I'll see if it's if it's on Blu-ray, then it might be worth Gadzooks. It is. It looks like it's on the cheap too. Dick Tracy's on Blu-ray. Yeah, thirteen bucks from Target. Why would they Blu-ray that? Oh my god, oh, I bet that movie's crazy, like in high definition with the colors and everything, like in the palette that they used. Although the makeup might look like crap, but hey, the rough with the smooth, right? Yeah. Uh, so um, as I, so I said, we had nothing to talk about in media, and we proceeded to talk for three days about stuff in media. At least it was comics related this time. What we talked about comics related stuff the last time, I think. I think I'm so not too. Sure. I don't know. Someone will tell us. blur. Yeah, they, uh, they all blend together. Um, yeah. No, I'm 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 tempted to. I might as well just. I, I'd rather just go to Target though. I don't want to buy it through the mail. Maybe they'll send me the wrong movie. <laughs> but at least you know where to return it. Yeah. If, uh, if you get the wrong one, but like, hey, Target. Yeah, I, I email Target. It is my email. And I keep seeing them on Twitter. And it's like I know you. I know. I know you know it's there. I'm sure you at least saw the notification. There's an email. <laughs> Come on, Target. I know you're there. Yeah. I know where you are. There's one like right down the street from me. Yeah, if it's thirteen bucks uh-huh. at Target, that that feels like money worth spending on a high definition version of. Dick Tracy, I'll, I'll buy that for thirteen dollars. Oh no, I think I'm still kind of partial to um, Rocketeer. That's a good one. I like I, that too. I, do I mean, this like isn't really a, a competition. No, yes, it is. Okay, Rocketeer, fight, Phantom. <laughs> It's $20 on Blu-ray. Online <sighs> only. Hey, it ships for free, though. Well, for 20 bucks, it better ship for free. <laughs> yeah, they- Actually, another movie I I, uh, I enjoyed that was based on all the comics. I think we talked to, I think I talked to Dan about this one time, about, uh, what was it, The Phantom and The Shadow? I, I know we've talked about The Phantom many of times. Okay. In the shadow. I'm just saying those were good movies to me. I I didn't see them oh, until the well, I saw. Oh, you, you, you ta- I thought you were just talking about the characters in general. I didn't realize you were you were going to start defending the Billy Zane vehicle. I can. Billy Zane was awesome in that. He's Patrick, awesome in everything. Patrick Stephen Jones. Come on. Can't go wrong wrong with a. Very hot, Catherine Zeta Jones. No, generally not. No. Now the shadow though was pretty good. I guess that's not really based on a comic. It's based on a radio show, or was that based on a pulp book? I can't remember. Ah, uh, it's a good. It's probably a pulp book that became a radio show that became an Alec Baldwin movie. I enjoyed it. It was funny. So, and good. That's all I really have to say about that. Well, that's an in-depth review right there. Yeah, I dug it. 
It was. I saw it in college and. Originally, uh, originally in 1930s pop novels, and then in a wide variety of media. Oh. I'm surprised no one's really taking the whole uh, radio program, radio drama, and put it in a podcast. They have. Oh, but it doesn't seem to be as prevalent. No, there's a few. I um. I only know this because I think every now and then I'll try to find, I'll just hit the search button on Stitcher to see if maybe I can see if like someone decided to put like the shadow on a podcast or something like today I was looking for maybe someone did like a spy podcast, like a spy drama podcast. Let's see. And nothing popped up, but. Some reason I found this one thing called Captain Midnight, and the DC character. No, but actually, I didn't get a really good chance to listen. But it was definitely like that old time radio show. Mm-hmm. Oh like yes, nineteen forties. So a so radio adventure serial broadcast from 1938 to 1949. Hmm. Maybe there's just not it's not worth it. Because I mean it is kind of an an effort to get together like a cast of people and do like sound design and crap and Oh, you mean like in modern day? Yes. Oh, there's a few. I mean Welcome to Night Vale can be considered one. Okay. Um The Thrilling Adventure Hour. I think that's all it is, or the thrilling hour. I don't know. It's from Nerdist.com. All right. They do a podcast. Um, I've heard. Oh, there's this one podcast. It's not a, I don't think it's a podcast. It's more of, um, I think it's more of a stage show where they have, like, it's presented like a radio broadcast as well as they have, um, a comic that goes along with it. Unfortunately, it, it's slipping my mind. I know you can find it on YouTube if you can remember the name, but I don't remember the ah, name. Ah, that's the first but, hurdle. Hmm? Go ahead. No, I really just don't remember it, but there's a few. Interesting. Uh, well, actually, there's one I was listening to. And I just kind of stopped. Well, actually, it was two of them, the one I was just thinking of. But um, I think one's called We're Alive, or It's Alive, It's a Zombie Survival Drama. And the other one is called The No Sleep Podcast. And is that about actually, Beastie Boys? What the hell? I wish it did. That would have been yeah. pretty funny. No, it's just like your Twilight Zone-ish type of podcast. It, Except it's like, you know, not like full production, but they have like a couple voices here and there mm. to read it off. And I actually had to stop listening to it because it was starting to bug me out a little bit. <laughs> what do you mean? Getting a little too real for you? Yeah, it was getting a little too real for me. <laughs> like I was mowing the lawn one day listening to it. And all of a sudden, and you know, you're mowing the lawn, so it's you know very loud and my ears were picking up on some things in the podcast, but they're just, some things were just kind of hitting a little close to home. 
like I was in the backyard. It mentioned something about a backyard. Yeah, uh, one story watching it. about huh? Like like the Truman Show via podcast. A little, and I was like, or there was one story that involved like a dad, and they had a like a kid that was the same age as my kid, and the his wife was like the same name as my wife, and I was just like, okay, yeah, I'm done. Freaky. <laughs> you know what yeah, else is it, freaky? Hmm. Daredevil number 17 from Marvel Comics Entertainment Group. That's a bad segue, man. Bad segue. Here, let me set you up. You know what? I dare you to tell me about a book. Well, it's funny you should mention that, Sean Atkins, because I have a devil of a book in my hands. What book is it, you ask? Daredevil number 17. From Marvel Comics Entertainment Group. Uh, so this book's winding down. The uh, Mark Wade, Chris Samney run. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you've heard its praises sung, uh, not just here but everywhere. Yeah, I've been hearing some good stuff about that. That dude, that was pretty cute. Said Sean Atkins to his wife Steve. He's like, what? Is he mows the grass in the backyard? Um, Don't taunt my experiences <laughs> with that podcast. That scares me. I had to stop. The podcast knows. So, um, no, it's really cool. So, the Daredevil book's winding down, um, and as a result, you know, they, the storyline that they've set in motion is coming to a head. Daredevil, if you don't know, has been living in San Francisco through the course of this uh, volume of the run. Mm-hmm. And he, he, he's been out. He outed himself as Daredevil. So he operates as Daredevil in public. Like he just wears like a red suit and, uh, there's no like secret identity anymore. Uh, so there's been an ongoing storyline with, uh, this vigilante called the Shroud. Um, and he's sort of like a, a basically Batman crossed with Daredevil with a little bit of Punisher mixed in. Okay. He was like San Francisco's other like vigilante, and he's also blind and has some powers, blah blah blah. And then um, the owl, you know, that old Daredevil staple, the owl. Mm-hmm. And long story short, there was this really freaky storyline where now the owl is like plugged into some machinery that allows like all media to be like broadcast anywhere. Like, it collects all data. Like it's, he's just the owl is plugged into some device that powers like this huge like metadata collector. And um Daredevil was trying to like save Dare- the owl, like he's working with the owl's daughter, who is like her own costumed character now. Okay. And it just was Daredevil found himself to be overwhelmed. So he sought out who also coincidentally has me living in San Francisco, the Kingpin. So he well, that just to- seems convenient. Yes, I know, right? So he, he sought out the kingpin, tried to strike a deal with him to uh, put an end to all this tomfoolery. And surprise, surprise, the kingpin double-crossed him and sent an assassin from earlier, from the previous run, known as, um, i got to get the book out so I can pronounce it right, Ikari, I-K-A-R-I, who's basically like this um, 
created version of Deadpool, except he also has vision. So he has all Daredevil's powers. That's a Deadpool. <laughs> uh, Daredevil. He has all Daredevil's powers, but he also has his, his vision, so he can see on top of all that. And he's uh, like this trained assassin. So I thought had, you were talking about the, the Disney show about a girl that does web stuff. Her name's iCarly. Oh. That's all I know. No, it's not iCarly. That'd be hilarious if it was, but it's not iCarly. It's iCarly. Okay. <laughs> You're an idiot. I, I, My brothers are of age. They watch that show. I remember it. Anyway. <laughs> so now that we've been derailed. No, so, so this is, you know, this issue, like, this is the, the uh, penultimate issue of this run before it goes away forever. Okay. And, um, so Matt Murdock's fighting iCarly in the streets of San Francisco. And I hope because iCarly kidnapped uh, Foggy Nelson and Daredevil's uh, girlfriend du jour, uh, Kirsten McDuffie, for the Kingpin. That's how the Kingpin double-crossed him. He kidnapped his two people that are close to Matt, used them as leverage. Kirsten McDuffie? That's, that's the uh, Daredevil's lady fair this time around. She's like a lawyer as well. Anyway, so like the whole issue is like one really cool fight, and then um, Devil's trying, he trying, you know, get getting bested, and then coming back, and then you know the Shroud character pops back up and uh, throws a wrench into the works, and 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 as usual, we're left on a uh, quite the cliffhanger. Um, not the best recounted, but it's really good, really strong book. The writing's always tight. The artwork's amazing. That's what killed me about this Mark Wade run of Daredevil over the past couple years. It started out with, like, Marcos Martin. You're like, oh, my God, Marcos Martin, how can you top that? And then Paulo Rivera was, like, doing backup stories. And Paulo Rivera took over and made you forget Marcos Martin. Like, oh, my God, Paulo Rivera, like, who could top that? And then along comes Chris Samney and, like, just puts his name on this run. I mean, it made you forget Paulo Rivera. And that's and, and then that was it. It was Wade and Samney for the rest of the run. And obviously I had to see it go. It's been a solid run. I don't, there's rumors they might go do a Black Widow's book or something like that. I don't know what's going on. But they just canceled one by uh, Phil Noto. It's I actually one of the Sean Atkins Black Widow series is like the bus. Don't worry, there'll be another one in 20 minutes. Nice. <laughs> I actually I did wanted to check that one out because of Phil Noto because I love his work. What well, a shame that once the comic books come out, they take them and they just destroy them all, never to be seen again. Uh, way to just ruin my hopes. You might as well just say they also just throw in puppies as they're grinding all those books. Well, they got to keep the uh, grinders lubricated somehow. Damn it. Yep. Puppies in comics. So they, so they make puppies. smog. Puppies and kittens in comics. No, not kittens. Just puppies in comics. Anyway. So they just... They hate on puppies. Okay. Yeah, that's how that's how evil they are. Um, hit me with something, Sean Atkins. Man, I set you up with a good segue. You give me that. Do you want? Do you want a hand? Yeah, I know it's a horrible one, but do you want like a ham-fisted one? So that was Daredevil. It was a powerful book. I wonder what else out there could be. 
powerful. That you was know red. You know what's powerful? No, tell me, Sean Atkins. The power of love. Oh, I mean, Huey Lewis. Powerful. This show is broken. <laughs> we killed Comic Book Pit. We killed it. We filled it up with our shovels. <laughs> of nonsense. There's no more Comic Book Pit. It's, it's just dead. Comic Book. <laughs> it's a pit. It's just a pit. <laughs> <laughs> so, what else is powerful? To read Sean Atkins. Well, Jared. That was me. You like rubbing your hands together? Hand. Yeah. I was, Keep it clean. Like, We're a family show. Like, here we go. What? People listen with their children. That's right. On, on iTunes. Yeah, on iTunes. And Stitcher. More iTunes, but yeah, Stitcher. And SoundCloud. Why not? Sure. So, what else out there is there that's powerful, Sean Atkins? Well, I have been reading Power Girl, Power Trip, or Power Girl dot dot Power Trip by... Hmm? It's called a colon. Or is it an ellipses? Actually, it's nothing on the front cover. I just put that there because saying Power Girl, Power Trip just... Sounds weird. I think they should have came up with a better name than Power Trip. You should write them a tersely lettered word, worded letter. I might. I might. <laughs> Anyways. Yes. Uh, it's by the great team of Jeff Johns, Justin Gray, Jimmy Palimi. Oh, I said it right before we yeah, recorded. Yeah, you did. You did it. Palmi. Pal- Palmeet. Him. Him. Yeah. Jimmy Palmieri. Jimmy. The, the cool Jimmy. The guy that, uh, used to ink Joe Quesada. Yep. Back him. in the day. Yeah. That's not like I remember him really. And Amanda Connor. Her. Yeah, her. And, uh, it's a trade paperback and, and no folks, I didn't read it like in a week. Like I'm not that fast. I actually read this over the summer. Uh, it covers the issues of uh, JSA Classified 1 through 4, uh, written by Jeff Johns. And it covers the first half of Power Girl's uh, ongoing series back in, like, I think it was, like, 2010. I'm not entirely sure. But, um, you know what? Overall, I liked it. Like, art-wise, I never really got into Amanda Connor. It wasn't that she was a lousy artist. I Far just, from I it. Guess, yeah. Like, I just never got a, a project that she worked on, you know. Gotcha. And, well, the pro. I did read the pro, and I liked her stuff in that, but seeing her on Power Girl just kind of, like, blew me away. I was just like, holy smokes. Like, I didn't expect half the stuff, and she was just great at it. Like, if anyone that needed a it, it, she put like her name on Power Girl, like in the future should just be like Amanda Connor's Power Girl. 
because she just made that character. Um, going a little bit deeper, though, I have to say, like, when I read, uh, so it's the, the trade paperbacks broken up into two sections, obviously, because I just mentioned it. But the first part is the JSA All-Stars by Jeff Johns. And I don't know, I'm going to have to say I'm not a big Jeff Johns fan. Like, I haven't read too much stuff, but I did read uh, Flash Rebirth and this, I want to say maybe something else that I can't remember, but I just have to say I'm not a big fan. Like, I, with Flash Rebirth, it was a good story, but like this one, I'm just ultimately confused in the end. And, yeah, I was not too thrilled. If Amanda Connor wasn't drawing that, I would have been like, this is the dumbest book ever. And probably just would go on a tirade and just rip those pages out and just read Power Girl 1 through 12. Because that part was great. Like, everything about Power Girl 1 to 12 was just good, solid, just good story, super heroics. Um from her moving, uh, from Karen Starr moving to New York, uh, her interactions with, uh, Tara, I guess this new hero, I don't know, as well as, uh, some of the villains. Wait, wait, the, the, the Tara from Teen Titans? Yeah, but I guess this is like a new Tara. It's like, um, I don't know. She, um, they didn't really go too much with her. All of a sudden, she just kind of showed up in the pages, and all we really knew was that this Terra was from a subterranean society that's far advanced from our own society. And it's I like the same it. one. It's not the same one. Okay. But I guess she is trying to uh, join the Teen the Teen Titans, but I don't know. I think that was, uh, can probably be answered in different books that wasn't Power Girl at the time. Gotcha. But what confused, I guess what confused me about the first part of it with, uh, the All-Star ones, I don't know, like, it seemed like Jeff Johns was trying to, I don't know, like, add some mystery or make it like psych, like, he just was, he just made it really confusing to read. Like I never knew if uh Power Girl was just hallucinating or not and then as well as there was always like these comments about you know guys staring at her boobs and I'm and you know and at first I was like okay that's a that's a funny thing. A little meta. Yeah, you know, it's like, all right, this guy's staring at her boobs. Like, okay. And she would comment on that in her brain, like, um, oh, here we go. You know, and she'd say, okay, my my eyes are up here, fella. And you you get like a little chuckle. But then it seemed like every person she interacted with would do it. And I'm like, really? It's like, I get a running joke, but that was just. Yeah. One too many trips to the well. Yes, yes, big, exactly. And, and yeah, 
one through four. If I had it, like if it was individuals, I wouldn't get it. But um, I know I keep going back to uh, one through 12. It was just really well paced. Uh, Amanda Connor brings up it like it seemed like she stepped it up even more with uh, uh, Justin Gray and Jimmy P there. Let's just say Jimmy. No, P. Okay. Like P. Diddy. Sure. Or Master P, so it'd be Jimmy P. So we could call him P. Jimmy? Mm, Pull that over. Like that's something, I don't know about that. Yeah, you, you think about that and come back to it. No, I don't think I don't think about that. No? I think I've been there. No. <laughs> so she uh, hit New Heights, really put her, put her stamp on the character of the Power Girl. She did, and I... And I kind of wish, because uh, I believe after 12, the writing team leaves, too. I'm not entirely sure. But I could, like, if it was if it was those three writing and drawing that book for, like, 50 issues, I would definitely be reading every issue. It was that entertaining. Like, I felt very entertained, very fulfilled. Um, the ultra-humanite... Uh, the the series opens up with uh, a story arc with Archer Humanite lifting Manhattan into the sky, um, and as you're watching it or as you're reading it, they go into his origins, which I have to admit, as well as before, I keep going with my rantings and my own confusions. Uh, I never really read too much of. JSA as well as Power Girl. So this was actually my first, uh, run in with this character, like full on. Like, okay. You know, she never really showed up in the Batman comics I oh, read at the Power time. Girl. Oh, you're talking about the yeah, Power Girl. Okay. Or even JSA. Like, I never really read those books. But, uh, yeah, like reading the, the the ongoing series, you didn't have to. It felt so nice. It was like I got it, uh, and I was entertained. And they never really focused on anything in her past. They may have mentioned like, oh yeah, you know, I'm just starting over. I'm in New York, and you know, that's about it. But it seems to be an ongoing theme of a uh, power girl. Cause, uh, recently, a couple episodes ago, Scott read. Um, now Power Girl is teamed up with like Harley Quinn in a book. They they're like the new Deadpool and Cable, if you will. Awesome. And, uh, yeah, maybe I don't know. Um, and Scott was reading that, and it was about like Power Girl being in a new town and starting over, and yada yada blah blah blah. It was the same creative team, so they so uh, so like Jeff Johns went to his well, and uh, Palmiotti. And Connor kind of have their well that they kind of like to tap into. Starting over. Power girl. But then again, Starting over. Maybe it's because of the 52? I don't know. Well, nothing really, like, changed post, um... Yeah, I mean, you what you're reading is pre... is old 52. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, this particular 
like this post uh, divergence or this divergence era of DC Comics didn't really have like a reboot. As from what I recall, Scott saying it wasn't like a you know an off continuity Power Girl. I don't know. Go back and listen to that episode of Comic Book Pit. It was a couple months ago, a month or two ago. All right. Go right now. I'll wait. Oh sure. I'll be right back. Okay. Okay, I'm back. So you see what I'm talking about? No. Nope. Okay. But, um, no, so when you tell me that, it's like, well, that's, it just reminded me of what Scott was talking about. Power Girl starting over in a new town, and people are looking at oh. boobs. Oh, Powie. That's her name. Yeah, because I was, I... Like with the the Jeff John stuff, I was just like, oh, all right. Like even Jimmy Olsen was taking a peek, and I'm like, all right, really, you're gonna make Jimmy Olsen do it? Like the most G shucks character in comics do it? And like I get it, he's a man, but I'm like, come on, really, you're gonna go there, Jeff Johns, really? But overall, five stars out of three. That's still pretty good. Or four. Oh, well, maybe not so good. Well, three, three out of four is really good. Three out of five is good, but not as good. You know what? I should probably even go like this. If you can get the actual original stuff, like, I never, like, I don't care about, like, getting individual issues or anything like that. I'm, I'm happy with my reprints. But if you can go and just find, like, uh, Pima, Paul Mowdy and, uh, Gray and Amanda Connor run mm-hmm. a Power Girl. Just get it. That's the good stuff. Gotcha. Don't, don't get the JSA stuff. Like I, yeah, it left a bad taste in my mouth and I'm pretty sure I'm not a fan of Jeff John's writing. It happens. I, you know, I'm not really not, I'm not that familiar with his writing, but I've never really there's nothing that sticks out to me as like, Dad Gum, that was some good writing. Except maybe the Flash TV show. He did write some of that. And I Yeah, like that. I get so that. I there's, like, there's something. I don't know. Like I was talking to a friend and he said that his run on the Flash was awesome. So maybe I need to go back to that before he became Mr. DC. I don't know. I just know. I didn't care for it. It was, it was just too confusing. Like it felt like I had to know Power Girl's backstory, and I relatively have an idea, but this was like going way deep, and I didn't know who the villain was, and uh, no, the artwork definitely made up for it, though. I, I really enjoyed it. So it was just, eh. Gotcha. Well. And we'll, uh, we'll send her home with this. I think it's a new segment on uh, the Comic Book Pit program. We're going to call it Flashbacks. Because what okay. I've done, yeah, well, here's why. Um, I recently picked up an issue of The Flash. If you heard last episode, I read issue number 42. And it prompted me to go back uh, about a year or so and get the last year or so's worth of comics. Rather than buy them all at once because I didn't know if I'd like it or not. I've just mm-hmm. combined them like one, two or so at a time. That some of them are tough to find. It's weird. Um, 
So I went back and to like, like issue like 31 around and I started reading from there. And then the most recent one I read was issue 34. And it, now you don't ask your own, the, uh, the indicia, the date on, on that, is that like, that's like what, three months in advance? What do you, do you recall from comics? I'm sorry. What's, <clears throat> it says October 2014 is the, the, date printed inside this book, which means it came out in what? July 2014? Probably said October, so mm-hmm. it's probably September. I so only say that because it, well, it probably came in like maybe late October. I don't know. Or late or like it probably well, came here's, in October. Here's an ad for a book Coming out in, I think it's, come on, in August of 2014, the multiversity or the multiversity is called. So I think it's like July of 2014. I thought they were like three months in advance, like that date to when. Now comics used to be like that, where they would have like a three month, uh, like if stuff was marked for December, odds are it came in October, but that's because it was on newsstands. You don't this think it's now, like anymore? Well, I'm, there's, I, there's... I don't know if it's like that okay. because I don't really do too much research into that area. Mm-hmm. But I just have to assume that since there's now a direct market in full swing of comic shops, you can, there is, you know, it's right then and there. Like it's done. Well, I certainly in, know it didn't come out in October because there's ads here for books that are coming out in August of 2014. So we're gonna say, let's say this book's a year old. Wait, oh here, printed by. Oh, here we go. Even better, printed by Transcontinental Interglobe, uh, Beauceville, Quebec, Canada, August fifteenth, twenty fourteen. So not only does it, so it has the day, but it tells me the day it was printed, August fifteenth, twenty fourteen, when this book was printed. Now when did it hit challenge? Anyway, well, we know this book's like a year old. Right. It probably showed up on the Wednesday of whatever Flash comes out. Like maybe two weeks later? Later? You think it was that? You think it sat around that long? Screw it. Okay, I know I was going to talk about the story, but now we're going to go to the internet and find out when this book came out. (laughs) Now we we must go on the quest of how it gets printed and where and how long. This is the stuff no one talks about. Anyone can give you a book report on the Flash. Let's get to the nuts and bolts. I wonder, okay, well, this Flash Wikia page says October 2014, but we knew that. What was the date? What was the date it came out? We're getting closer. I'm finding some stuff. It could be a month ahead. I don't remember. Like, I, I don't know what they do now. If I, maybe it is a month ahead. I think it's at least late August or early September. Let's say late August, like maybe like two weeks later, it came out. So again, I get about roughly about a year ago. Anyway, I'm really enjoying this. It's actually um, I did realize that like reading Batman, like just how good Scott Snyder is as a writer, because some of the dialogue at times gets a little cheesy in these books. But so the story so far is there was a heist of different, like, rogues' weapons. 
and someone has been using them to kill different villains. Not like the rogues, but like C-grade villains, and they're mm-hmm. different weapons. And someone has been using those to kill the actual villains, and so the Flash has been on the case, and he's found it's been one of the detectives in the police force is the one who is the murderer, and he's the one who stole all the weapons, and he's the one who's been going on killing the other villains because he, you know, he had his own little scheme to make a little something for himself. And so this issue is the Flash finally confronting him, and a big old fight breaks out because uh, the dirty cop doesn't want to go to jail. And uh, it's uh, drawn by Brett Booth, who you might remember from the 90s. Didn't he do some sort of vampire book? He may have. The book that sticks out in my mind is Whiplash from Image. I think he worked. He did like a book called like Anita Blake. I think he did. Or was that Ron Lim? No, it wasn't Ron Lim. Ron Ron Lim. And then it was. And you're right. Um, Oh. We're getting there. Getting a little closer. Doing the internet. Yes. Good job, Sean Atkins. Good call. Nice pull. Yeah, so he was doing that. Yep, good for you. You win comic book pit this week. Um, Yay. And uh, I'm really enjoying it. His page layouts are a lot of fun. I mean, it, it evokes that 90s era. He's not much for, a, you know, a straight panel grid. He likes to turn his panels on angles. But he does it very well. And I'm, it's actually pretty decent artwork. I'm, I'm, I'm impressed with it. And the story's fun. Um, like I said, I'll be honest, the show is what made me pick it up. And then some loose ties to the show is what's keeping me there. And it's interesting to see, like, they're the new version of Wally West. And the Flash is trying to be like a, or Barry is trying to be like a mentor to him. Oh, so they finally brought in Wally? They did. They did. He's like a little see, kid. He's like a teenager. He, he's a I don't really keep up. I don't keep up with, like, the 52. Or he doesn't well, have I guess it's speed done, powers but... or anything. Hmm? He doesn't have speed powers or anything. But he does. He's there, and he's like a teenager, and he's a bit of a juvenile delinquent, and Aunt Iris is trying to get him on the straight and narrow, and Barry's kind of serving as a mentor, or trying to. But uh, it's not going all that well. But what's really fascinating is there's this, like, B-plot of, like, Barry Allen from, like, 20 years in the future with this crazy looking costume. It's all like it's like black or blue and like blue electricity and stuff. Looks really freaking cool. And he's like running back through time and like righting wrongs. And like he's on his way back. Ultimately, Endgame is to come back to like the quote unquote present day to kill himself. And to prevent wow. all this. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of a little dark. But, man, the visuals on this character are just amazing. And it's a lot of fun. So he's, like, going back and through time. And he's, like, visiting, like, I think, was it this issue? He visited um, Captain Cold. who was on his death. That may have been the previous issue. Like, Captain Cold was dying of cancer. And he went back to, like, the day he died and, like, said goodbye to him. And this, oh. there was one issue where he, like, Killed Mirror Master. Like, Mirror Master was going to pull some heist that, like, murdered a bunch of innocents, and the Flash went and, like, killed him before he could do it. He's a little dark. I guess something's going on. I'm getting all over my, 
all over the place here. As usual, there's something going on with Barry's powers. Like, he runs fast and, like, he's losing time. Like, he jumps, like, a couple minutes ahead. And I guess this is an extension of that. And uh, this one was him confronting Reverse Flash, which is New 52 Reverse Flash, which is uh, Daniel West, Iris West's brother. Because I remember those issues from when I was reading The Flash initially. It's kind of funny because I read like the first like 25, 26 issues and now I've picked back up at like around 31. So part of me is tempted just to fill in that gap and like all this time later go back and restore the run. But I'm really enjoying it. It's, it's a fun little adventure book. You know, it, it's, it doesn't try to be too grandiose. I mean, it has some high concept, but it doesn't try to be, you know, it's not self-important or anything. It's just a fun little adventure book. With the uh, the good old Scarlet Speedster, uh, and, and it's kind of so, neat going back in time and like, because I'm kind of doing it's almost like a modern day back issue binge hunt. Like, cause I have to go find like the the stores that have like those fairly recent but old issues and and fill in the gaps, and it's uh, not that as easy as it seems. It's also surprising how many like comic shops just have like a year's worth of issues just like on their shelf. That's fast. Like on the on like their prime shelf? Yeah. Well, the wall, if you will. Yeah. You know, I don't have to go really dig. There's just like a stack of issues like on the wall, and I can pick through them. That's convenient. It, it is convenient, but they're not <laughs> all there. So I have to, I've tried like different stores. I had to go to like three. Um, I'm kind of like doing this meet in the middle thing where I'm kind of, you know, went back and got like, you know, 31 through 34. And I got like 41. And I was trying to find 40 and I had to like, it took like four stores to find it. And Pittsburgh Comics is going to get me a copy. So I'm sort of having to like go all over the place to try and locate these, which is fun too, part of the hunt. It's always fun too. But yeah, it's only books are like a year old, which is weird too, but. No, it's worth it. It's like it's a good, fun adventure book. Um, if it gets too do- dopey, I might call it a day. But so far, it's been really entertaining. That's all that matters. Oops, dropped the marker. So I think that settles all. That's all we have here today. Yep. Anything? Any closing thoughts? Anything before we go? I would just say, um, since this is Pittsburgh, and this is the comic book pit, uh, anybody in the area, uh, friend of the show, I think he's friend of the show, friend of ours, Jeremy Baum, is having a uh, release party this coming Saturday, August. I didn't flip my calendar over. I say August eighth. August eighth at Copacetic Comics in Polish Hill for his book Dorfler from Fanographics Book. So uh, that should be a lot of fun. Uh, Jeremy's uh, quite the talented comic booker. Yeah. So if you're in the area, swing in. Buy a copy and get it autographed. Buy two. Yes. Because it's that good. It is. Visuals visuals were always so good. Well, not always. They've always been really good. (laughs) Not always. 
but always. Not always, but always. No, his stuff's always been so yeah, good. Like never disappoints. Even before uh, his uh, his current book, it's just everything is always yes. Like I always looked at it and just it floored me. Like how would he would do that, or like the guts he would do. Mm-hmm. Like wow, so. he's got the goods, as they say. So uh, yes. look for look for a uh, review of Dorfler. Uh, and the next time you hear us on the comic book pit program, but we'll put a pin in it now. This has been, which one is this? I forget. I closed the page. 211. 500. It's the anniversary episode. 520. 211. 520. Sold. American. Alright. 211. Final answer. My comic book pit. I'm Jared. And I'm Sean, master of the mystic dark arts of things purple. They already turned it on. Yeah.